Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 41. This is Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight and feel better so that you can have the life you want. This is the resource you've been looking for to guide you on the journey to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food. Here's your host, Dr. Katrina Ubell. Hey, my friend, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to do this podcast for you today because today I'm going to be sharing with you some of my own personal work that I've been doing on myself. (laughs) I think it's really easy for us to think that other people have everything figured out and that they don't ever have to work on themselves anymore, (laughs) that everything is just rainbows and daisies for them all the time. And that is not the case. I'm going to share with you something that's recently been going on for me and how I worked myself through it and really kind of the revelation that I had about it and how that applies to so many of us in so many different areas. I can't wait to tell you more about it. But before I get going on that, I want to talk to you about iTunes reviews. So some of you have been doing them. I really, really appreciate it. They're kind of trickling in. (laughs) Really appreciate the fact that you've done that. Now I have heard from some of you that you couldn't get it to work for whatever reason that you've tried different ways. You couldn't get it to work. Now you may have noticed if you have an iPhone and you did your latest system update that lots of things look different, right? I don't know if you've noticed, but I certainly have. And the whole podcast app looks very different. You know, us and change, right? I open it up. I'm like, what is this? I can't even figure out where my podcasts are. (laughs) Immediately like, oh. (laughs) So I 
deleted a bunch that I don't even ever listen to anymore, knowing that I can always go back and find them again if I decide I want to listen to them. And I started kind of just jockeying around in there, figuring out how it works. And guess what? It is so much easier to leave a rating and review from your podcast app now. So if you have done the update, all you have to do is go into your library, they call it, and find the little picture of my face where it says weight loss for busy physicians. Click on that and it'll show you all the different episodes that are still in your feed. And all you have to do is just keep scrolling. And then it's going to show you kind of some of the best of or something like that. Let me actually open it up right now. Yeah, best of the podcast. And then right below that is ratings and reviews. It's perfect. So if you want to read them, you can click on see all. And to rate it to give the star rating, literally, it's right there. All you have to do is tap the number of stars that you want to give me. And then it shows basically one review right there. And right below that in purple, it says write a review. And that is a little hyperlink. So you tap on that. And it opens it up. And you can also do the star rating there if you'd like. You put in your title, your review, you pick your name that you want. And click send. Boom, done. Super duper easy. So if you are on an iPhone, and you have not left me a review yet, I would so appreciate it if you could just just flip down there, just scroll down really quick, just let me know. It doesn't have to be anything long, doesn't have to be anything <laughs> huge and major. But when you have more iTunes ratings and reviews, it makes it easier for other people who are searching in iTunes for some good help for themselves, especially physicians. There's not that many podcasts out there to help us. It's going to make it so much easier for them to find this podcast and get some help too. So I would really, really, really appreciate it, especially if you found this podcast to be helpful. If you would just go in there and leave me a quick review, totally, totally would appreciate it. Now, listen, I went through some of those reviews and I'm going to read a couple of them because I think they're great. And I want to give you that shout out of just how much people are taking this work and applying it to their lives. So there's one review from way back in April. So this podcast was like in its infancy, basically then. And this is from Jenny's mom. And the title is very relatable. She writes, I'm a physician. I'm a mom. I'm very busy. And I need to lose weight. I'm on episode three. And this podcast is very relatable. It makes a lot of sense. I'm going to keep listening. This is not a quick fix. I love that her suggestions not only apply to weight loss and diet, but apply to life in general. Love that. So great, Jenny's mom. I hope that you've been listening this whole time and that maybe you've lost some weight. I think that's fantastic. And the other one I wanted to share is titled Amazing! <laughs> Exclamation point. And this is from Will 727 And she writes, I love Dr. Ubell's podcast. Well, that's good because I love you. I started listening to them while initiating a new way of eating. Her ideas really helped me to overcome some significant hurdles in my journey. I have already recommended her to others, and I continue to listen to the older podcasts on repeat. Even though I've heard them before, I always learn something new. And I love that. That's so great. I've actually heard that from a number of people. that <laughs> They just listen again and again and again. And this is the thing. That is so great because... Do you guys realize the number of times that I've learned a lot of these concepts that I teach you guys? 
over and over and over. We always say that coaching is like an onion. There's all these layers. So you have that first layer of understanding, of cognitive you know, absorption of the concepts. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, rationally, I get that. And then you start trying to apply it to your life. And you're like, what? No, I have every exception. This doesn't work. This works for everybody else except me. At least that's what I used to think. (laughs) And then you go back and you learn it again and you learn another layer, right? Like, oh, I see. I see. My thinking was flawed there. Okay. And then you go back to applying it. And then you learn it again and you get deeper understanding and you just keep applying it more and more and more. I follow all kinds of different people, different sort of self-help psychologists, you know, different coaches, different people like that. And so often the messages are the same. But you'll digest it differently, right? You'll hear it again this way, and all of a sudden, your brain's ready to accept it. And you're like, yes. Or you totally already know it, and you hear it again, and it's just a good reminder. Yes, I need to remember to keep that on the forefront of my thinking because that really applies to me, and that's something I need to work on. So, for sure, I mean, we're on episode 41 right now. I think it's going to take you a little while to <laughs> keep repeating, keep repeating. But for sure, going back, you know, those first 10, 15 podcasts where I really get into the model and this, this work, so good. Keep that fresh in your mind and just on the forefront of your thinking. I think that's so good. So today I'm going to share this personal work that I've been doing on myself. So what I have noticed or what I had noticed for the last month to six weeks or so was that things were in a general shift for me, a shift in my business in terms of what I was doing. I started a large coaching group with 60 amazing physician women who are so engaged and so doing the work. I seriously could like sing their praises right now. I'm so excited to work with them. Also school went back into session. So major life readjustment, getting back into things and without getting into all the details, there have been some adjustments with what our kids are doing and some of their activities and what we've had to do as parents to engage with them, which is taking more time and is an adjustment. During this time, I also decided to cut way back on my personal social media intake (laughs) for a variety of reasons, but mostly because I realized that I was using it as a buffer. I was using it to neutralize negative emotion, as so many of us do. And I'd been thinking for a long time about cutting back on it and never had really pulled the trigger. And I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to do it. So no more buffering with Facebook or Instagram or any of that anymore and started doing all this great work and started noticing how I was having a little bit more food chatter than usual and that the scale was trending up. Not a lot. I didn't gain like 10 pounds or anything, but just a little bit. It was really, really interesting. Then I get it back down and then another week would pass and I'd be back up again a little bit. And then I get it back down and then we go back up again. And I'm telling you, the scale is so good at just being this neutral mirror, basically. Like you can't hide from the results, right? It would be so easy for me to be like, everything's fine. I'm totally fine. It's not a big deal. I'm just going out to dinner a little bit more than usual. That's what it is, right? But the scale is showing me this fluctuation that I don't typically have. So 
I also was kind of wondering what's going on with me? Why am I sort of experiencing more negative emotion than usual? You guys have heard me talk before and explain before that for the average human who is doing it right, okay, (laughs) you can count on having 50% of your life being negative emotion and 50% being positive emotion. If you are experiencing negative emotion half the time, that does not mean anything is wrong. You're doing anything wrong. That is just part of being a human in this world. I was definitely experiencing more than 50% negative emotion, not anything super extreme, right? Not like super intensely angry or anything like that, but just more general discontent and kind of a general restlessness and not knowing what was the cause of that. Now, as you guys know, what is the cause of our feelings? Always our thinking. I just wasn't sure what my thoughts were that were creating that. I was having a hard time figuring that out. I even was having more thoughts that I should drink wine when I normally don't. You guys have heard me talk before how popcorn and Prosecco were my <laughs> my food and drink of choice after a hard day at the office. And I don't do that anymore. And I haven't done that for a really long time. So when my brain started offering that up as something that I might want to consider doing, I was like, that is weird. <laughs> something is definitely up. And I just couldn't put my finger on it. And I really asked myself, lovingly from a place of compassion. What's going on? What is it? What's going on for you? And I would think about it and I couldn't come up with an answer. Basically, my answer was, I don't know. Now, any of you who have ever coached with me know that I don't know is not an acceptable answer, right? When you answer with, I don't know, you completely block your brain from coming up with any kind of real solution. So I don't know, it's one of those thoughts that's like, brings the gate right down, boom, there is no passing, there is no possibility of you moving through to the place where you do know the answer. And so oftentimes, I'll ask my clients if they say they don't know, I'll say, well, if you did know, what might it be? What might be the answer? So I was asking myself that. Just keeping my brain open to solutions, letting my brain offer that information up to me. And I'll be honest, I wasn't getting an answer there for a while. (laughs) Really wasn't getting an answer. And I knew that I really had to work on it because in general, I am not somebody who cries a lot. Like it's just something that I find very uncomfortable to do. I don't really like it. I know it's good. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just really don't personally enjoy the experience of crying at all. Gives me a headache. I get all congested. It's just the pits. I don't enjoy doing it. Now, if I feel like I need to, I will, but it's few and far between how often I cry. Like if I cry twice a year, that's probably really a lot for me. And so I could tell that tears were a little on the surface, not so far as I really knew I needed to cry to release that emotion. But I knew that there was just something that was there and I needed to figure out what it was. So what I did was a thought download on that subject on what was going on for me. And I started off the thought download having no idea what was going to come out of my pen, literally having no idea where it was going to lead me. And those are the best kinds of thought downloads, where you're kind of like, I'm just going to write about what's going on for me right now and see what what might be there that I'm not aware of. And sure enough, there it was plain as day, comparison. 
I'm sure you've heard the quote by Teddy Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. And I literally wrote that out in my thought download. It was like, I gave myself the opportunity to identify that inner wisdom, let that inner wisdom bubble up to let me know what was really going on for me. And my brain did not disappoint. It brought it right up for me. So where was I comparing things in my life? And what I realized I was doing was I was comparing myself to another coach that I know. I don't know her very well, but I do know her a little bit. Now, I'm not sure there could be two different people (laughs) in this world in terms of life circumstances, in terms of style, in terms of how we approach just about everything. Not that there's anything good or bad about what either of us do. We're just different. But she's been having this great success in her business. And in doing this thought download, I realized that I was making it mean that I needed to be more like her. Like me doing me is not enough, even though I'm doing the best I can, (laughs) as we all are. And P.S. having plenty of success (laughs) in my own business being the only person I can really be who is me, right? And still my brain was making it mean that it wasn't enough. I love this Oscar Wilde quote. It's one of my favorites. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. Have you guys heard that? It's so good, right? Because that's what I have this tendency to do, to see someone else having success. Things are going great for her. So even though I'm not even lacking anything, My brain tries to make it mean that I need to be more like that person to achieve success as well, even though that's not true at all. And rationally, I can see that. But from my primitive brain, it's just like (laughs) offering this up as though it is just complete fact. And this is the thing, you guys, I get these amazing emails and messages from you all about your successes, about how much this podcast is helping you, about how you can't wait to work with me uh, with my next group whenever I decide to start that. You guys are getting so much out of it. It really does bring me joy. But from within this mindset, I would read those things and it wouldn't even let me enjoy that very much. You know, it's kind of like when you're a physician and you're in a similar situation and you get a nice card from a family that's so appreciative. But when you're in this mindset that you're not enough or comparing yourself to others, you're like, yeah, that's great. Almost like if they really knew (laughs) who I was, if they really knew what I was doing, if they really knew how much better I could be or how much better they would be cared for if they were being cared for this by this other doctor, then maybe they wouldn't be so happy. It's like negating that joy and happiness and thankfulness and gratitude that they're offering you. It's so interesting. So that comparison put me straight into scarcity mentality. It's so fascinating, right? Because again, rationally, it makes no sense. But I started looking at these thoughts further. And I realized that I was believing that there's only a certain amount of success to go around. And so if she's killing it in her business, then there's going to be less success left for me. Or I can have some, but then I need to do it exactly as she is. And that is not how I want to run my business. (laughs) So you can see how I was getting into this really cognitive dissonance kind of a place where 
I want to be me and I want to do it my way, but my thoughts are telling me that that's not the right way to do it, that I should be doing it another way, or it's not going to be good. I mean, how do you reconcile that? You can't. And so there's your general level of discontent that I was feeling. And what's so fascinating is then just as I'm working through this, something similar happened with one of my clients in this group that I have that's so amazing. And what happened for her was she saw some old, she saw some new pictures of an old friend and noticed that this friend had lost a significant amount of weight. And so she knew she was happy for her friend. But so she saw pictures of an old friend and noticed that this friend had lost a significant amount of weight. And so she felt happy for her friend. And she made it mean that someone over 40 can make big changes in their body. That's a possibility. But she also had a bit of jealousy. And as she was digging deeper into this jealousy and why she was feeling that, she realized that part of her felt like if someone else was getting thin, then the chances of her having the same success were less, right? (laughs) She was joking. I thought that was so great. She's like, it's like there's only a few skinny awards out there. And my friend took one. So that means that the chances of me getting one are less, right? And as she was writing that, she was like laughing at herself. She's like, I realize this is so ridiculous. Again, right? Our rational brain is like, what? (laughs) No, that makes no sense. But our primitive brain is like, oh, no, that really is how it works. Didn't you know that? And so if we're not in touch with what our thoughts are and what our primitive brain is offering up, we start believing that and we feel bad, right? She's feeling so jealous. So she could see right away that this didn't make sense. And so she was asking for coaching on how to straighten out her thinking on this. And really what it is, is scarcity mentality. It's again, that scarcity mentality that only a few people, only a certain number of people can get thin right? Only a certain number of people can have success. And the rest of us are screwed, (laughs) right? If we can't get in there, then we're done, right? So this is how we get so tripped up. It's just irrational, but it's under the surface and we aren't aware of what these thoughts are, which is thought errors. We aren't recognizing them as such. We are probably just mostly feeling the emotion that they're creating. Or if we're not doing those thought downloads, not spending time getting in touch with what's going on for us from a thinking perspective, we don't know where that negative feeling is coming from. And then what a lot of us ended up doing with our food is we end up overeating, right? It's that classic self-sabotage. You know, someone else is having success. I'm not there yet. Screw this. I'm just going to go eat off my plan and thereby basically ensure that I'm not going to have that same success. So fascinating. And what I was finding with me was that I was feeling like there was, you know, only the success out there and I was letting it kind of paralyze me. I was still getting stuff done that I needed to get done, but I just wasn't feeling very inspired. I wasn't feeling very energetic. I was really letting it paralyze me in terms of my productivity and in terms of me really being able to engage in the way that I wanted to engage. So it's so fascinating. And you, if you've listened, if you're a fan of the podcast and you've listened to the earlier episodes, you know, I had a whole podcast on scarcity mentality with food. 
particularly Girl Scout cookies, which by the way, it's October when I'm recording this and that's, it's only a couple months. I think it's January is when it's Girl Scout cookie time again. So refresh yourself on that podcast if you need to. So this is really just a fascinating concept to look at how scarcity mentality also comes up in other ways. And the same with comparison. So I started thinking about this concept of comparison and how it really has been an issue for me on and off my whole life, basically. My little best friend growing up, Heidi, who's such an amazing friend, she and I had birthdays, have birthdays about a week apart. And so our birthday presents was a a source of comparison for me, even when I was little. I'd get my presents, then she had her birthday, and it was like, oh my gosh, now I have to compare. Did I get better stuff or did she get better stuff? And I think that's normal for kids to do that. But I was just thinking back going, yeah, I've been doing this basically forever, (laughs) you know, on and off. And so of course, my brain's going to do that now. You know, in college, it was like, if other people do too well on the test, they're going to ruin the curve for the rest of us, right? That scarcity mentality, and also that comparison. Rather than focusing on, I'm just going to do the best that I possibly can and rock this out. I'm like worrying about how everybody else is going to perform the test. And I went to a college that was very, very competitive. I chose the most competitive and difficult major, arguably, at that university. And so this is a real concern, (laughs) what the curve's going to be, because you could get like less than 50% on the test and still end up with like a B plus. (laughs) So that comparison, though, made me feel terrible, right? Because the comparison thoughts were everybody else is smarter, they are doing better than me, I have to work so much harder than everyone else. And some of that was probably true, to be honest, I had to work my tail off. But that thinking and reminding myself of that served zero purpose had no upside for me at all. I wish I had known this this work back then. In residency, I remember <laughs> there were a couple people who would get so worked up comparing the number of days off. I mean, everyone had the same number of days off, but how many Saturdays everybody got and how many Saturday calls you got. And, you know, you need to ask for this day off so you can make sure you have <laughs> maximized the number of Saturday days off you get. And I mean, it was really fascinating to watch people get so (laughs) worked up over that. Now, of course, we want it to be fair. But if scarcity mentality is driving that action of checking everyone's stats for days off and who's had which number of, you know, on-call weekends and, and all these different things, you know, if we're coming from scarcity mentality, we're basically willing to screw the next guy over to make sure we get what we think we have coming to us versus coming from a place of abundance mentality and believing that it doesn't have to be 100% fair, that it all works out in the end, that putting a little attention to it is fine to make sure that (laughs) everything's coming out in in an agreeable way for everybody, but not having this desperation, frustration, you know, all consumed with yourself kind of focus that's driving it. A big area where I compared myself to others was back when I was in practice. I had a really, really successful practice. It did not take long and I was completely full. I mean, there were times I was not taking any patients at all. And that's kind of crazy in pediatrics because you basically always want to have a little drip of new babies because kids grow up and they leave you and people move and insurance changes and things like that. And so I had about a two-year period where I didn't even take anybody, literally not one single patient. 
I mean, well, it's not true. If families that I did already take care of have another baby, then of course I would take care of their their new child, but that was it. And then I got to a point where things slowed down enough that I could basically take, you know, maybe just a handful of new families a month with their first baby and that was it. I didn't take any transfers, nothing because I had all these patients who were happy to see me and my practice was filled. But then guess what my brain would do, right? It would compare me and myself and how I was as a doctor to my partners, other people that I knew. And then my primitive brain was telling me things like that they ran their day better than the way I ran my day. Now, this is the thing, right? There might have been something for me to learn from. There's nothing wrong with looking at how other people do things and deciding whether you want to make some improvements on that and seeing... I mean, if they figured out something great, why do you have to reinvent the wheel? I think that's fine. But I was doing it from that place of scarcity, that place of comparison, making myself feel bad about the way I was doing it, thinking that they had somehow figured something out that I hadn't figured out and that something was wrong with me, right? So I was setting myself up for being so dissatisfied. I had some partners who were super, super quick with their checkups. They'd just fly through it and see so many patients to be so productive and always finish on time, never be behind, never miss lunch, things like that. And I would think that I need to go faster. And then I would look at another partner and how they were following the Bright Futures Guidelines hundred percent. For those of you not in pediatrics, Bright Futures is some guidelines on all the different things you're supposed to cover in a checkup for different age groups. And I would think, oh my gosh, I'm not doing that one. I'm not doing that one. I'm not doing that one. Something's wrong with me. I'm not doing it right. I should be more like that person. It was like I couldn't win because I felt like I should be more like everybody. I need to be super fast and cover a million concepts and answer all their questions <laughs> and be engaging and not and make them feel like I'm rushed, right? Like, how is that even possible? It made no sense. And one time I was really kind of stuck with this, really in that similar sense of just feeling kind of discontent, like I wasn't enough, like I wasn't a do, doing a good enough job. And I got together with a good friend of mine whose kids were my patients and she was just asking me about work and I was kind of telling her and sharing about how I was just sort of feeling like I wasn't doing that great of a job. And it was so fascinating how her viewpoint was like, what? (laughs) She was like, this makes no sense. She's like, so speaking as one of your families, we see you because we like the way you are our doctor. We don't want to see the other doctors because we like you, you know, not that there was anything wrong if she needed to see them. It was totally fine. But she was reminding me that the reason my patients had chosen me as their pediatrician was because they liked me and they liked my style. I didn't need to try to be like somebody else. I needed to make sure that I was doing it the way I would do it because that's what my patients were coming to me for. It was seriously a revelation. I was like, oh, it was so fascinating to see like, wow, this comparison is making me feel terrible. And when I'm trying to be somebody else, I'm not even showing up as me. And that's not how I want to show up in this world. So there are so many other ways that we compare ourselves. I mean, another classic one, right? We compare ourselves to other moms 
Or if you're not a mom, you're not married yet, you don't have children, you might be comparing your marriage to other people's marriages, or you might be comparing your friendships and your dating life to other people's friendships or other people's family relationships. I mean, with momming, right? You know, I used to tell myself these stories about how I should be able to do like all the doctoring and be this amazing doctor and all the momming. (laughs) I should be like the Pinterest mom doing these great Valentines, doing all these amazing crafts and activities with my kids and cooking everything from scratch. Everything should be homemade. I should be also decorating our home beautifully. I mean, there literally are not enough hours in the day. And that expectation of myself, those comparisons, I mean, by the way, I never even saw any human being doing that. I just decided to believe this idea that I could do all of it. And it made me feel terrible. And what it did was it paralyzed me. So then I wasn't keeping up on the housework. I wasn't engaging with my kids in the way that I would like to. I wasn't always planning our food the way I should. I wasn't exercising. exercising. I wasn't doing any of the things. I just was being like, I guess I have to show up for work. I guess I have to feed these kids something. I mean, it made me feel terrible. That comparison truly was the thief of joy. You know, comparing our marriages to other people's marriages. You know what? One thing I have really learned is we literally have no idea what's going on behind closed doors, other people's marriages. We see how people interact. We think then, right, we create the story about how they interact, how they show each other love, how they have everything, right? Their sex lives, their vacations, everything, right? We we pick and choose what we want to see and then think that that is the sum of their relationship. And then we compare it to our relationship and think something is wrong with us. Same with friendships, right? We see other people having these friendships with some other person and we think, why don't I have that friendship with her? Why don't I have that friendship in general with anybody or family relationships? If you struggle with your family relationships, you might have a friend who has a great relationship with their siblings, their parents, and you think, why don't I have that? That comparison makes us feel terrible, right? Rather than just accepting the reality, no, my family relationship is not like that. And that's totally okay because I get to create whatever relationship I want with whomever I want. So back to this work on myself, once I realized that it was comparison, that was the problem here. It literally immediately diffused the discontent that I was experiencing. I really did feel better immediately. Now, Remember, why did I feel better? And why did I feel different? Because of my thinking. Remember, our thoughts are what's creating all of our emotions. And my thinking changed. Rather than thinking something was wrong, that I should be like this other coach, that I should be doing my running my business the way she is, I decided to accept the fact that the way I'm doing it is just fine. And this is the thing. I have tons of evidence to support that the way I'm doing it is just fine. (laughs) I just was not letting my brain see that. Instead, the lens that I was looking through was this lens focusing on what I wasn't doing and why somebody else was better than me. So I really want you to think about where you're doing that in your life, where you're looking at somebody else, maybe a coworker, someone else that you work with, someone else you interact with, a family member, where the lens through which you look at their life and what they do makes you feel terrible because you're making all these assumptions that their life is better, that you should have what they have, you should be doing what they're doing. I mean, it is just terrible. I remember thinking, 
watching other people on Facebook going on fall weekends and going to the pumpkin patch and doing all these amazing things. And they were just on the go and thinking, God, my poor kids, like we don't do stuff like that. Like they are getting such the short end of the stick with me as a mom, because I'm not taking them to all of these places. So then I decided, okay, we should do that. So we go and do all these things. You've never seen an introvert so exhausted, right? I was just like, wow, I feel terrible when I do that. But then I made that mean that something was wrong with me. Why didn't that energize me? Why didn't I have so much fun? It wasn't until I really realized what my strengths are, that I'm an introvert, things like that, that I realized, yeah, that's a terrible idea. I can make myself do it, but I'm going to feel terrible on the other end. It's going to zap all of my energy. So how can I, for my life and my personality and my brain, create something that works for everybody, right? So we go and we do those things, but we don't stay all day or we don't do a million things on the weekend. I've gotten so much better with that of realizing, yeah, I can do a couple different things, but if there's a lot on the docket for the weekend, I'm not going to feel like I had enough time to recharge my batteries. And the whole next week is going to be a lot more difficult. So I want you to really spend some time thinking about that. If you like me are currently in a state where you have that kind of general discontent, that restlessness where you just don't know what's wrong, but most of the time you're kind of like, this isn't great. And I don't even know what it is. Please do some thought downloads. It's seriously going to help you figure out what is going on under the surface for yourself, because your surface level conscious brain on a regular basis has a hard time accessing that you have to spend some dedicated time focusing on letting those thoughts and emotions come to the surface. So you can identify them, look at them and decide if that's what you want to keep creating for yourself in your life or not. And if not, what you do want to create and go about choosing thoughts that create that for you. All right. I can't wait to hear how this is working for you. You can always leave me a comment on the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash 41, number 41. And then again, please, 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 if you haven't already, please leave me a review in iTunes. Even if you are an Android phone user, you can go into iTunes and still leave me that rating and review. I really, really, really would appreciate it so much. There's literally tens and tens of thousands of you all listening to this podcast every week. And I have about 124 reviews, which is great, right? I'm so appreciative of that. But there's so many more of you out there listening than have left me a review. So I really, really, really would appreciate if you would do that. And you never know, maybe I'll read your review on a future podcast. So great. I'll give you that shout out. All right. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. And I will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. Now, take the next step and go to KatrinaUbellMD.com to download just what you need. Join us again next week for more support to keep you in control and on the path to freedom around food.